us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Miss Shannon, here with my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. And uh, Jayton, uh, we are recording Christmas week for this one, so I brought us in something a little uh, extra. we could do a little extra holiday-ish stuff in the background yeah. while we were doing Is this it. the sample for Pharrell's happy? <laughs> I think that it might be happy adjacent, honestly. Happy adjacent? I told you it was not like, you're happy. I like that it was just cheery is what I did. Yeah. It is cheery. Yeah. It made me smile. We can do this a little bit. I like to provide you with options, Mr. Satia. That's like, so depending on See, now I'm, like, regretting not having hot cocoa in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> we can put things on pause, and you can go grab one real quick if you want while you do that. No, instead it, it'll become a thing. Then I'll need marshmallows. I need, then I'll need the whole thing. Right. We'll just start one place, and we'll never where to stop, know where to stop. Never where to stop. But um, I um, am excited to – we'll go ahead and fade this out. We'll go ahead and stop that. We don't do the whole thing. I mean, I could. I could just let that play the entire time that we're doing the show and just see if we feel more festive. I'll at least leave it um, long enough for us to bring on today's guest geek. He is the award-winning production director for My Talk 1071. He is my Pokemon Go uh, friend. And uh, the first time that you've had a chance to talk to him, uh, Mr. Rocco Bonelli. Hello, Rocco. Welcome to the podcast. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. So how's everything working for you right now? How's work been? How's the family going? What Everything's else good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. I was just talking to my wife. For some reason, this Christmas season, we've actually had time together. It's not just That's like wonderful. I go do all the shopping, she does all the wrapping, and then we see each other, you know, Christmas Eve, finally. We're like, oh, hey, <laughs> here's what I bought. It's like, no, we've actually had time to be together and enjoy a Christmas cocktail here and there. And it's been a good season so far. That is wonderful. Little pandemic thing. That is wonderful. I do think, uh, and I'll agree with you from this standpoint, that um, some of the things that were... Uh, familial traditions, I have decided we don't need to do anymore. And so I've slowly went, ah, okay, that thing, not so much, (laughs) you know? And so there's certain things that like my kiddo and I just aren't doing, like we did it out of habit and now we're not doing it anymore. So Jayden, what about over in your house? How's it going over there? Um, Overall, pretty good, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Put up the Christmas tree a couple of, I think it was almost a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing not as many presents, more quality presents. So we're kind of letting our son who's seven kind of know like, Hey, you're not going to get as many things, but the things that we're going to get either we know you really love and, or you've asked for Santa, you know, that whole thing. So, um, but you were also talking about, you know, extended family and traditions and when do traditions start? Right. And then, you know, somebody has to start something. Yes. And then it, like, and when do they catch on that they become your tradition? And when do you let go? Right. You know, at the same capacity, letting go of a specific thing is okay because you've done it and it's, it worked really well for you and the family or the friends that you did it with. But everybody has an opportunity to explore new things as they arise with age and profession. And now they moved away and, and it's actually kind of cool to start something new. Right. You know, I think that that's actually exciting. So we're talking about like a couple of things that we were not really going to do. Like I was going to put up lights outside, okay. right. Mm-hmm. 
And then it got too cold. <laughs> and then there was that one day of like 50 degree weather. And I'm like, I can do it today. And my wife was like, it's okay. You know, let's not stress about it. Right. Right. Which again, at the end of the day, what's going to bring you joy and what's going to actually add stress. Right. And I, 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 I think I concur. Like there's some traveling that I used to go, well, this is a thing that we have to do. And I'm like, is it though? Maybe that's not a thing that we do anymore. And I think um, it's, you know, that kind of brings us to our, our subject matter today. Like, what are the things that society says is what you should do as a tradition? And what's the thing that actually makes sense for your family? And so Rocco, who is a, a he could geek out about a bunch of things. But I was like, <laughs> hey, we come on your show. What are we uh, what can you do? And since it was coming around the holidays, it turns out that our friend Rocco B over there is actually he is a expert in <laughs> holiday themed TV episodes, right, Rocco? Yeah, mm-hmm. for about, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 years or so, my wife and I have had an annual party where we have our friends over, and I screen uh, various uh, Christmas episodes, mostly from the 70s and 80s. It's kind of a retro thing. Um, you know, there are great modern episodes, and sometimes uh, sometimes we've watched the, uh, the Curb Your Enthusiasm Christmas episode, which is hilarious, the Arrested Development uh, Christmas episode, which is hilarious. But yeah, we usually sit around uh, and we watch uh, bad old uh, and good old uh, TV episodes. So I thought maybe I'd... Uh, Share some of my faves with you guys. And is that so? When you're watching these, are you what? Is this a surprise new episode? Uh, good question. Or are a these lo- like repeats? Um, a lot of times, I try to not have already pre-screened them so that I'm also surprised. And then oftentimes we get through, uh, you know, 15 minutes of an episode, and we just kind of look at each other and we're like, eh. like this year, <laughs> for instance, we watched um, the Flying Nun. I noticed uh, I had acquired a copy of the Flying Nun Christmas episode from the library. And I was like, we should totally watch that because I don't think I've ever watched an episode of The Flying Nun. Is it really about a nun who flies? I think we need to watch this. So we watched it. Watched about 15 minutes and we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we get it. And I think it's dumb. Is it kind of like, <laughs> is it like booed off the TV? So kind like, of. Like, and then sometimes boo. people complain. <laughs> like next yeah. Time. Sometimes I, com- I kill it because I'm the curator and people are like, no, put it back on. I'm like, no, I was dumb. We can, we can spend better time. <laughs> so I think a, we killed a Night Court episode this year too. Really? Um, so yeah, you, it's, just, it's just like it's not, not a it's not a democracy as far like right. you know, like, like no, it's my party. If I say it's dumb, I'm out. Right, okay. but then there are oftentimes like I just texted a buddy today because uh, the pandemic has kind of changed the way we do this. Like, um, you know, it used to be hey, let's bring twenty, thirty people over, and uh, you know. Maybe half of them will be downstairs watching shows and then half of them will be upstairs chatting with my wife or something. But um, we've made it small. So now I just kind of invite my friends that are really into old TV so that we're kind of into it. You know, we talk a little bit. And then sometimes you're right. We do watch favorites like um, the first like 10 minutes of the uh, TJ Hooker Christmas episode with William Shatner is really good. And it's it's usually a tradition that we, you know, just watch that the first 10 minutes. It's good. (laughs) And then Um, you're like, we don't need the rest of it. Yeah, we don't need any more. And and then you get into the, you know, Law and Order and PSI. (laughs) Right. Killing episodes. And that's just it, too. There are, uh, you know, like when I host the party, we try to keep it fun. Um, But you're right. There are a ton of NYPD Blue, CSI, 
you know, uh, cop shows, uh, murder she wrote, um, all these things that maybe I wouldn't watch at a in a party scenario, but maybe I'll watch on my own just to see what they're about. So well, yeah, I, I've watched a bunch of these. I like that you uh, also said that you focused on like the seventies and eighties. Even if we go back to like the sixties, I do think that it was more of destination programming because that was before we'd have a whole channel of holiday theme like we didn't have the hallmark channel right that was gonna go well it's pretty much always christmas in america if you go to the hallmark <laughs> right yeah but and there's some shows that you're surprised that there isn't one you're like oh there's no fantasy island uh, christmas episode there's there no life 5 christmas episode there's no rockford files there's no quincy uh those are maybe just my personal disappointments well that but, um, i am surprised maybe yes. not the quincy one but the hawaii 5 <laughs> and the fantasy island seeing as how one of the ones that you sent us and you did send us a, a few of them and, and I'll let you uh, go through and tell us why you brought the ones that you did but one of the ones that you sent was Fantasy Island adjacent if I remember my programming from when we were kids because Rocco yes. and I are pretty like so the fact that you sent us the Love Boat one <laughs> the right. Love Boat one it's funny I just rewatched it last night with my wife in it for me I don't know if you guys watched it mm -hmm. it is wacko it Very. is just off the hook um, uh, Mickey Rooney plays a guy right. named oh you want to play the theme go I'll, I'll at least play are we going to get in trouble Oh, you know what? I'll only play the thing and we'll just talk over it at the same time. Okay, so we'll cool. just bring this up. Uh, Mickey Rooney plays like an angel named, uh, it's like Angelus Dominicus or something right. like that. It's something, it's something terrible. Um, <laughs> it involves a bearded Donny Osmond who's Correct. married to Marsha Brady, Maureen McCormick. And he's mad that she's working. She's always working, but work first. I want to get a divorce. And it <laughs> right. turns out she's a nurse. She saves the life of, of a, a young uh, orphan boy who's in a, uh, a nun's choir. Right. Uh, she saves his voice. He sings. It's a Christmas miracle. Right. Um, there's these guys that are trying to smuggle some gold, and then they give it to the nuns, and then <laughs> they get caught. But, you know, one thing I like about this episode is usually if you watch The Love Boat, there's three plot lines. And they never really intersect. You no, know, it's like this is on the Lido deck. This is over yes. here. Like they're always on different parts of the boat or the ship yes. doing their And I things. think there is a second. This is like a later Love Boat episode. This is like season eight or something. There's like a season two and it's not very interesting. It's one of those that I think we put on and turned off. But yeah, <laughs> um, what, I'll look up which one this is. Okay. But whatever, uh, the one with um, Mickey Rooney I think it's called A Christmas Presence. A Christmas Presence, season e -R -E -S -C -E -N -C -E -S -C, six, I think you said. Yeah. E -N -C -S -C, whatever the how you spell that, Presence. Um, it's, I think it's kind of off the hook and fun. I, I love it just because, you know, it's cool to see these. When you had a show like Love Boat that was all based upon guest appearances, it's okay, well, what are they going to be as the guest? And I think that that, hap you know, this really does have a good example of what it was like to have guest appearances float around the people that you cared most about. And I think that that was fascinating. Like watching Mickey Rooney talk to our, our regular Love Boat cast and what yes. they're doing. I'm like, okay, Mickey, I get you. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. And it's very, it is very, you know, I watch all these Christmas episodes and there's a lot of different themes and stuff. This one is very kind of religious. It involves yeah. nuns and an angel and uh, a, a gold manger scene. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's on the religious side. It is uh, season six from 1982 and i think if you want to stream it it's on paramount plus okay 
Uh, so check that out. If, if the you, other uh, thing if that I think is that. Fa- the other thing I think is fascinating about this particular episode is that it does stay in line with, even though they're on the ship, it does stay, as you said, Rocco, in line with holiday themes that are traditional in nature. When some of the other ones that you sent us, it's more of, okay, we're going to use Christmas as a foil to talk about some other thing going on (laughs) in the community and in the, you know, like where we're going to use the fact that uh, you should be being more charitable to talk about racism in America or to talk about um, gender equality or to talk about uh, whether you happen to be LGBTQI plus, which they did not use back in the day. You know, so that. No, yeah, we have some big, I sent you some uh, Christmas episodes with some big themes. I you know, um, I kind of wanted to give you the, uh, uh, you know, just spread it around. I think I sent you like some wacky ones. I think the Lobo's kind of wacky. I think Rarely. I sent you uh, Silver Spoons, which is kind of wacky. But two of them I sent you kind of hit on some big time themes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what you guys' uh, take on it. Well, well indeed, indeed, I have a question. Do you think those, you know, when, and this is either back in 50s, 60s, 70s, or even in the 90s and 2000s, even now, Anytime there's an, a Christmas episode or a Halloween episode, like you think about Simpsons, you think about any of these um, commentaries that the writers want to put out, do you think those actually play well with the audiences? While, you know, in the mask of holiday episode or in the mask of Valentine's Day episode? <laughs> I um, hope so. I mean, I think we're, we'll eventually talk about uh, one I sent you, the... Um, my wife and I rewatched the All in the Family one last night, and yeah. maybe we'll talk about that. We also, I also watched the Bewitched one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what you guys think. I mean, I think, I think the Bewitched one. We'll, if we'll get to it. It's a little bit silly and. The Bewitched one. I we can talk about the um, All in the Family one first. And yeah. So the All in One Family one. So uh, if people are familiar, it's uh, Archie and Edith Bunker, um, their daughter and their their son-in-law, who are the primary characters of this story that kind of move in and out um and so in this one i i will be honest with you rocco i watched it because you sent it to me i never have liked all in the family um i remember watching it as a kid my grandma was super into this show because why wouldn't she be i mean this is the show that you would expect her to watch and i remember it being one of the things that i did not enjoy when she would have it on in the background so watching it just reminded me why uh i didn't like it <laughs> is what it oh, is. You know? uh, it'll it'll be super interesting to get your uh, take on this right. because yeah, uh, the 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 main idea of All in the Family is the dad Archie Bunker mm-hmm. is uh, you know a lovable uh, bigot, right? right? I mean that's kind of the uh, the premise, right? Um, and what is interesting about this particular episode, the one we're talking about, is season eight. It's mm-hmm. called Edith's Crisis of Faith. Right. And it's a two-parter. Um, I think it's available on Amazon Prime slash IMDb TV. Um, the plot line here is um, they have a friend who is a female impersonator. And I think this is fascinating that they're yes. even talking about this stuff in 1977. Right. Uh, you know, I didn't think they talked about that sort of stuff on television. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in a previous season, like season six, Archie Bunker is a cab driver and saves this man's life. Yes. Uh, it's going to be weird to talk about gender pronouns here because... Because they don't um, use them the way that right. we have learned to use them right. now. So I think that that's fair. So go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. That's so he, part um, of the show is the fact that they 
are back and forth with the program, so, pronouns. So the yeah. fact that and again, this is 1977. Um, so anyway, I guess like in season six, he saves this female impersonator's life. Uh, I think he gives mouth to mouth and then it's a whole big thing. Oh my gosh, it wasn't a woman. It was a man. Anyways, th they become friends with this uh, uh, man who's mm -hmm. a female impersonator. Um, and then it turns out this person is going to be on Carnegie Hall in a week or two. Yes. Putting on a show. They're very excited. Um, he takes his dress off, uh, now dressed as a man. He goes to go to the bus stop or something and gets murdered. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is it's like. It's intense. Because, it's super intense. Because I just watched it. And so he's actually going to go get a cab to go to rehearsal at Carnegie Hall. And he and the son-in-law get mugged. And somehow yeah. the muggers go, well, we find out that that you know, the one of the the, th the crisis that Edith has is that allegedly the you know, <laughs> they keep saying, well, they figured out what he was. Yes. And then proceeded to beat him to death. Right. I mean, and the thing that is uh, alt this I mean, it is so weird to think about what I just said. You know, we're watching a show where a man is murdered. Right. But this show has a lot of laughs i mean they're the writers of this show and i don't know what your guys' take on it was i thought it was amazing how they played this episode with heart and with tragedy and yet continued to bring comedy right throughout and right. i didn't think it felt forced or cheesy or awkward or weird i thought it was kind of brilliant I and Jean Stapleton, the wife, uh, basically the plot line is then she questions her faith in God. Mm -hmm. She's supposed to go to church because it's Christmas. And she decides, I'm not going to go to church because why would God let this happen? Does God even exist? And this, the episode is called Edith's, Edith's Crisis of Faith. Right. Um, and all those things I just said, can you believe that they still managed to make uh, room for laughter and comedy? And it, it didn't feel off. At least it didn't to me. Well, like, I think I, it's one of those things where you say, oh, I laughed, I cried. I think I did. I thought there was hilarious moments. And I thought there was moments where I was in tears right. at um, uh, Gene Stapleton's performance. I thought it was amazing. But and I can share here. We'll do just a piece of this one. Um, there was a scene right after, you know, when we first uh, really see how impacted you know, b before we know that she's not going to church, but, you know, Edith comes down and there's a scene where um, Archie and his daughter are talking about what happened. And it's one of those ones where I agree with you, Rocco, you're you hear the laughs and where that's supposed to be. And it's just it's I found it very surreal that even though this just happened and they're having this discussion about it, you can see that they're so. Yes, they're impacted by this person's death, but they're also just so human where, you know, talking about the way death. So I'll play part of this. So, you know, say that, and all of a sudden, they up and die and they leave you hanging. Jeez. <laughs> but what you said before, it was different. See, that's a lesson to learn there. Everybody should try hard to be the same as everybody else. <laughs> because, I mean, and, and that way, life is a lot easier, you see, 
for them people and also easier for the rest of us normal people. Did you really like Beverly? Oh, yeah, sure I said. I mean, you know, she was a nice fella. Right? <laughs> Generous there and kind, always wrote letters to your mother there. Yeah. And no matter how much she may have wanted to, she never laid a hand on me. Yeah, I mean, I think that they did an excellent job of staying in who these characters are. Right. You know? um, and it'll be interesting. You know, you said you never liked this show. I never liked um, the show. I still don't like him, you know. Yeah, I but... mean, because, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to get your take on it because... Mm -hmm. uh, is it possible for a, a person uh, of color uh, to uh, enjoy a lovable bigot, as I said? You know, I mean, <laughs> is it? I don't know. I mean, obviously, right. we're looking at it from different perspectives. And I think part of the reason why I didn't like the show and still don't when I'm watching it again, I like all the other characters, but I don't even, aside from the fact that he's a bigot, he's just an unpleasant human being as far as I'm concerned. So I guess I don't find him lovable. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're weird controlling to your your wife you talk down to your your you know you're always name calling your son-in-law i just never liked archie bunker and so whenever i watch a show with him i'm still like there's lovable um uh un there there's lovable unlovable people out there that I kind of get, but I'm no good at those shows in general. That's why of modern shows, I don't like shows like It's Always Sunny, Sunny in Philadelphia. I literally dislike every character on that show, so I don't watch it, and it <laughs> right. just isn't funny to me. Yeah. Well, then I won't recommend their Christmas episode, No, even I'll though I find it super funny. <laughs> right. um, yeah, that is a weird, that is a show where it's just like nonstop barrage of talking, and you, you don't like any of these terrible people. Right, and that's well, just, um, I'm not good at that, so I get why other people people like it it's just not my whole mo mm -hmm. and i was mentioning this to shannon um earlier um before we got going was i never watched these shows when they aired and or was even in the united states right watching even uh, repeats of these shows i came here in the 90s so okay i i had never really seen heard of all in the family and any of the shows that you got love boat like any of those those <laughs> right. were those were in my 20s is kind of when i started to nostalgically with my friends as they were talking about these shows i'd go back and i'd watch them i mean mm -hmm. much like the episodes you sent i went again some of these i'd never seen before right like i'd watch them and i think about it from if i was here Earlier in my childhood, uh, growing up in India, let's just say I was born in the United States. I have a different perspective than what I would now. I grew up in India, even though when you guys talk about this particular episode, hitting upon things that was never touched upon in those decades, um, it's still not being talked about in India. Fair enough. Right? Interesting. You, mm -hmm. you talk about being progressive then. I'm thinking about like this would still be a quote unquote faux pas in most of Indian consumption, like Indian uh, mm -hmm. content consumption is still PG ish, but they're very hypocritical about what they put out. Gotcha. Um, so they, they play on, again, the content in India um, plays upon the fad of what's happening, but it is 
never okay to do any of those things in person in, in, in your actual lives. If that gotcha. Makes sense. Okay. So it's a very different experience for me watching these episodes now. Um, oh, and, and specifically the one that we talked about just now, right? Like, I think it was very brilliantly written to touch upon the death of this individual, the fact that these, the, the character, actually, I believe, like he cared about this individual, but he also was very confused on how he should approach it, how he should think about it, how he should even talk about what was happening. Um, he was himself describing what he was feeling. Right. And I th I, that came off as truth to me from that character standpoint. Yeah. And I think, if yeah, especially if you didn't grow up here, I think Shannon could back me up. I mean, this show, I mean, everybody knew when in the seventies, like everybody knew Archie Bunker, right. the Fonz, mm -hmm. MASH. I mean, those were just things that dominated pop culture he was uh as iconic as you know the, and there were people who followed these shows back then where archie bunker was somebody that was kind of a role model for what he for what he is like he was an archetype that people would go uh, here's the person who's the archie bunker in my circle like he was that much of an archetype and made a lot of sense and i think that you know i remember you know hanging out with my grandma and watching this show and just me feeling bad for Edith <laughs> because I'm like, right. he just called her a bunch of names and he's this and and the only person he's even nice to is his daughter, but he's still kind of salty to her, but he's she's still the shining jewel. So she's just gonna like go, let it go anyway. And that I always thought was interesting when I watched it. But I just remember going, I am so glad that he's not my uncle because he's terrible and I'd have to be nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting the way they frame him because, yeah, they, he, you know, he, he felt like somebody I probably knew back in then, Absolutely. back in those days. Yeah. You know, he mm -hmm. just, he did, he was a white old man and the things were the way they were, like you, the opening thing, the opening theme song, they talk about, you know, those were the days, right. you know, mm -hmm. and men were men and about, women were women and all yeah, of those things. And, you know, and, but yeah. then they've got the liberal son, Rob Reiner, mm -hmm. um, trying to uh, open his mind and um, even the wife, you know, questioning God in this episode felt like a pretty progressive thing for 1977 mainstream CBS television. And if you know? I remember correctly, this is the show that the Jeffersons spun off of, right? Did Correct. We meet, we like he the was Jeffersons a neighbor, person? maybe. Yeah. Right. And so this show was very subversive in nature, even though he was such a bigot. This, like, they used him as such a a weather vane, so other things would happen around him. And then yes. it's like they got to use Archie Bunker as the 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 one that was holding on to this legacy of what he thought it was like to be male and th and American and all of these things. And he's like, you could see him basically as even back then a dying breed. And I think that part of the show as an adult. I appreciate more that I couldn't get when I was a kid about how subversive the show was and what they were using for it because I didn't get nuance when we were 10. I agree. Right. Yeah, I we agree. didn't get nuance when we, you know, I were 10 in the, in the, in the late 70s when the show was running, you know. But, I agree. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, it, uh, it definitely dominated pop culture back then. I think that his chair is in the Smithsonian and stuff like yes, that, you know. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe he was, you know, we talked, was, would you call him like an anti-hero where he's like sort of bad, but you. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, like a Breaking Bad kind of character, you know, where mm-hmm. he's too, you know, he's, you sort of don't like him, but yet right. he's driving the show and I don't know. And maybe it's hard to like him if you are a person of color. You're like, that's not funny, you know, right. I mean, or I don't know, you because know, I'm not that. And it wasn't, it was more of just, a, there were lots of reasons why I just found him unlikable, but he wasn't supposed to be incredibly likable. I think that he was supposed to be, as you said, lovable for whatever reasons. And there's lots of people in your life that you may love them, but you don't like them. Yes, you know, right. like, like a lot of times we have that one relative and you love grandma, but you do not like grandma. And that's what I think that I right. might be and grandma has about. thoughts that are never going to change. And that's just the way it is Absolutely. She's gonna die with those thoughts. But well, it is I think also writers see, yeah, have to write the stuff out. Right. Writers, I think, and they've done this for generations. They they write what they feel the audiences will connect with. So when you say, hey, somebody in your network you can probably go, oh, that's this person. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that's what makes you as an audience member watch it again and again and again and or continue watching that particular show or you have that love-hate relationship with that characters because it reminds you of someone within your own sphere. And that is your direct connection with that. Now, if I really didn't have somebody who was anywhere near my sphere that said xyz that i saw on television i'd be like i don't want to watch this show anymore this right. is just it's disgusting and or like this is absolutely false because i have no relevant connection to their train of thoughts right around me at all times yeah and so um to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial. Well, I know that uh, Jaden has to go sooner, so I want to make sure that we get okay. to this next episode before he has to go, because Rocco and I could keep talking about this all day. Okay. But before, you should. You should. Yeah, yeah, in spread, case you have to dip. Joy. Yeah, in case you have yeah. to dip, I do want to talk about the Bewitched episode. So yes. I watched, um, um, this was a show that was on, re- when it was on reruns when we were kids. So I've seen a lot of these, and I vaguely remembered this episode. Obviously not very well, but I was like, oh yeah, I remember this being the thing. And I always, when I was a kid, I really liked Bewitched because 
I wanted powers. And I was like, <laughs> she's got powers. And then her yeah, kids so had powers. Yeah, so to rewind, the yes. wife is a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, a good witch. She oh, yeah. has powers. She can and her move things and witches. cast spells. Yes. And the daughter has a little bit of the power, maybe? Oh, yes. Her daughter can yeah. do The daughter has a lot of the powers. And I think the son eventually has the powers as well, eventually. I forget about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But the dad doesn't. He's right. just a normal guy. And this was um, like controversial because we had one Darren and then they replaced the right. with another one and they just new dad, you know, kind of thing. And I so yeah. I remember how interesting that was when I was a kid. Like this show we had on, uh, we would watch every day in reruns and we also watched I Dream of Jeannie. Uh, yeah, more day. powers. Yeah. Yes. And so more powers. I wanted powers. And so and she has great powers and she has families that can you know, somehow also time travel and they have their own witchy warlocky doctors, Dr. Bombay, they talk about all the time. So it was a very charming to me storyline. And uh, this one uh, I think is interesting because Rocco, as you mentioned, this is their episode that not only did they go, well, the holidays are coming. They use it to tackle racism. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. So this one's called Sisters at Heart. It's season seven. I think you can get it on uh, Amazon. Yeah. It opens with Elizabeth Montgomery, the main character, sort of uh, in a studio saying, hey, here's the deal. This is kind of a very special episode. It was actually written by some high school students. Mm -hmm at really? an inner city school. And I think she sort of d- needed to set the table because this was what, 69? No, right. 1970. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, are you gonna- uh, I can play the is, open. Here, I'll play okay, the cool. open. Here we go. Hi, this is Elizabeth Montgomery. Welcome to Bewitched, next on ABC. Tonight's show was created in the true spirit of Christmas. The story was written by the 10th grade English class at Thomas Jefferson High School in Los Angeles. My friends at Oscar Mayer and Company and I feel it is a very special bewitched, conceived in the image of innocence and filled with truth. Love it. And I don't remember that intro from whatever when I watched it, but right. I think it was a smart move from they say, hey, we're about to come and drop some knowledge on you, everybody. <laughs> and by the way, Oscar Mayer sponsoring it. I don't know. They, sh- they, do, like- they should do that now. <laughs> they should go like, look, we know things are rough and tough right now, and we're going to try to make you laugh, but this is coming from a, from a, from an understanding and a truth perspective, but you're going to have fun but guess what? We're also going to drop some knowledge. And the thing that's so charming about this is that, so basically the story goes on that um, one of the dad's co-workers, like he works at this advertising firm, I believe. So one of the dad, they have these two big accounts. And so the one family, they're going to fly out of town to work on this one account and they have a daughter and they happen to be a black family. So their daughter, who I think is like, We'll just guess 10 or something like that in the story comes to stay with the Stevens over the as they're leading into the holidays. And so their daughter, who happens to be white, is very, very excited that she's now going to have, as they explain to her, a temporary sister. And then when they go to play, somebody at the playground goes, you guys aren't the same color. You can't be sisters. So the little baby witch daughter's like, oh, I can fix that. (laughs) <laughs> and manages to first baby witch the daughter. baby witch daughter, who I was like, I wish I had your powers. So first thing that she does is that she wants them to be alike. So first she manages to turn the little black girl white, 
which is hilarious because then they put the little black girl in white face, which is hilarious. And then they turn her back and then the little baby witch daughter is like, well, maybe you'll do it this way. So she turns herself black. And so now she's in baby blackface. And so she's like, yeah, but then my mom wouldn't recognize me. So then what they do, because the, 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 the two girls can't figure out a way and they just wish that they were alike, they end up with basically reverse polka dots so that they're both like, cause I got it. And so just because they wanted to be alike. And so that's the charming part where these two kids are like, how come everybody thinks we're different and we can't be sisters and they can't figure it out. And then the other storyline is that the major client comes to visit the family, meets the black daughter first, um, mm -hmm. the, the girl who's visiting. And it turns out, that he's like, yeah, I'm not talking to her and cancels the whole thing because he's like, yeah, you're not the best guy for this team if you're black. Right. And so, yeah, so loses this account. All this stuff is going on in the background. And then and this is one of the things that was great about the show is that Samantha, the the witch mom, she was <laughs> super cool because she always kept her cool. And she was all a lot of times she'd be doing some like witchy stuff in the background to make things should happen. And so basically she's like, oh yeah, okay. Like her husband's always like, don't use your powers, don't use your powers, don't use your powers. And she's like, I'm not. And then using her powers all over the place in the background, <laughs> like always doing that. And I was like, yes, right, Samantha, if you've got powers, how are you gonna not use your powers? Yeah, didn't she like instantly create a Christmas party or something? Yes. All the food. Like snapped her fingers and all of a sudden there's a you know bowl of eggnog and a decorated tree and a <laughs> right. turkey or something. Yeah, and uh -huh. this is super fascinating because yeah. she um, manages to uh, fix it. So when he looks in the mirror, he he sees himself as black. Yeah, the, so the bad guy. The bad guy. The bigot guy. Yeah. Right, and he sees everybody in the house as black, and so that part is disturbing because I'm glad they because it's 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 basically by the end of the episode, Jayton, the yeah. whole cast is in blackface in one time or oh, another, man. and it looks. Awful. Like here, yeah. I don't know if you got to this part of the here. I'm just gonna share no, this. No, I didn't. No. Okay, I'm just gonna show you the screen. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing it though. It looks terrible. See? Oh my god. Look how bad that makeup is. So even it wasn't even like good blackface. It's just, hey, this is blackface enough. I get the point though. It's not like they were trying to treat it as black people or characters. They were going, Well, what would it be like if this guy if everybody was black and and that's all he could see so he's trying to sh you know they're trying to show where we're still the same human beings on the inside but he can't see that and um one of the things i think is fantastic is that he does come to uh to see that he was wrong and so the story does a great job of him seeing that he made a mistake. So I'll play a little piece of his little, com you know, him actually getting the point at the end of the show. Go on, go on. They're all standing around the Christmas tree. They send the kids upstairs and they talk to this guy. I told Mrs. Stevens I didn't want to intrude, but I've got something I'd like to say to all of you. A peculiar thing happened to me here last night. <laughs> the equivalent of 20 years on the psychiatrist's couch. I discovered something about myself. I found out I'm a racist. <laughs> a racist? Oh, not the obvious, out in the open type of racist. Not me, no, I was a sneaky racist. 
I was so sneaky, I didn't even know it myself. A very smart man said, to adequately define the problem is the first step towards solving it. Well, I've defined it. And I'd like to apologize for that other thing. That, <laughs> that misunderstanding. <laughs> There's really no apology necessary. <laughs> yes, there is an apology necessary. He did need to apologize. They was correct in apologizing. He was the worst. But it did. I, I, I mean, I do like that about what we did with these episodes back then is, of course, we solved the whole problem before it was time to have Christmas dinner. But it's a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, we fixed you know? his racism right? problem in time for eggnog. That's great. Right. Well, he never really says, like, how he'll do better and or, you know, you know, I'd love to work with you on this. He just acknowledged it. He's like, yeah, I'm a sneaky racist. And, <laughs> you know, like, let's move on right. to the next thing. Right. right. But well, the fact the thing, that he did that, yeah. I, I, there's respect there, right? The right. fact that they aired something that says, look, you don't have to be overtly anything as long as, it's not, again, that other quote that, that the, the character mentioned was, you have to identify the problem. You have to know what the problem is before you can find a solution. Absolutely. If the problem is within yourself, you have to realize that first. Yeah. And I think, you know, the Christmas episodes I sent you guys, uh, it's funny. I didn't, I don't know if I really thought like, oh, we're going to get into these deep discussions. I've sent you a handful of episodes that I thought kind of at my Christmas parties turned out to sort of be mind blowers. Like, yeah. What just Earth. happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and this is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, it's interesting because I went down the rabbit hole. They, she says it was written by the high school students, the 10th grade students. And if you go to the credits, you'll see they list like 20 kids names. And they said that they uh, the writers of the script only really touched it up a little bit. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, but, you know, they, they say this plot was written by. Some uh, kids uh, in an inner school city in Los Angeles. So. And I think the way that they showcase it, especially, and, and it, I had a happy, sad moment watching this episode. I love that they talked about this. Uh, the thing about it that, that made me sad, though, is that this was made so long ago, but it's so timely and the exact same conversation could be had right now. Agreed. And so, so and, weird. Yeah. Same with Archie Bunker, right? Right. And 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 Rocco, that's what I I, I took away from this because the, like the Silver Spoons episodes, the other one, they're just bonkers, <laughs> um, right? Right. But being able to go that all in the family episode, as you said, it's almost verbatim, except that they aren't as nuanced with um, pronouns as we hope that people are now. But right. it's the same exact conversation, and there's still people who would be sitting in a chair just like Archie Bunkers, rotating through their mind. Well, here's why. Why aren't they just, quote unquote, normal like me? Why can't right. they this? And and the the summations that that character would make about just, well, no, I'm the weird. You're the weird one. You should be like I am. And the fact that I don't understand it means you're the problem. And I thought that that was fascinating. And I love that in this handful of episodes that you sent, Rocco, <laughs> that they're like, you know, when's a good time to talk about this? holidays let's do right. this during christmas <laughs> right yeah why I not mean, you know i basically sent you five episodes that i think like i said kind of uh make you go wow for various reasons right um and yeah these two these two that we're sort of talking about now the all in the family and the bewitched that touch on racism that touch on 
dealing with uh, g- uh, hate, uh, hate, hate crimes crime. and gender um, and sexuality. It's it is pretty fascinating that these shows from 1970 and 1977, for better or worse, probably worse, we're still having these conversations, you know, in 2021. I do like that we see um, this evolution in American television that, you know, a, a lot of the conversation I think that we have about shows that you and I watched growing up is does it hold up? And some shows do and some shows don't. But because of episodes like this, I do think that a, a all in the family still holds up. Um, I thought yeah. so too. I right. mean, seriously, my wife and I sat and watched last night. In fact, I don't even think she wanted to watch it. She wanted to get on the treadmill or something. Right. And then she just got sucked in by it. And we were both in tears. I think, mm-hmm. um, like I said, Gene Stapleton's performance, I think is amazing. Absolutely. And I do think Carol O'Connor is amazing yeah. to, mm-hmm. to walk that line of being, having these bigoted thoughts, but sort of being an open-minded guy and sort of being a loving dad and grandpa and sort of being a jerky husband. It's, it's fascinating. I right. I kind of want to research all those writers and say, wow, you, you, you the way you wrote that was fascinating. The right. way that you, because I, we watched it a few years ago and we were shocked. You know, there's maybe seven, seven, eight of us watching it. And we were like, how was a show about somebody being murdered for being a female impersonator slash gay person? Right. How was that show funny? Right. Because... Uh, and then my wife and I watched it again last night and we we laughed at the funny parts and cried at the sad parts. And I'm still just kind of shocked that the writers walked that line and the actors brought it to life right. and, and made it soar. And I, I don't know. I think it's a pretty special episode. I, I agree. Know. And I, you know, we, I think that we hear the term dramedy thrown around a lot more now in present day shows than you would back then. If it was a comedy, it was a comedy. If it was a drama, it was a drama. And there might be occasionally an episode of a comedy where something happened, but it was usually at the tail end of something, somebody would die. And then it would be what, and and we would turn the page. So the fact that they did a two-part series, a two-part episode that touched on not only gay rights issues, but also on, well, what's it like for the people who are still here? Um, and and they didn't just jump back to, well, Edith is just okay. It's no, right. that, you know, that, that I sh- thought showed a very human quality. And also that that's when these shows were starting to have more of that and be a little bit more uh, to show that they could lean into being a little bit more like that. So I thought these were fantastic. It was cool. fun to watch them again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the one, the other ones I sent you are just kind of wacky. Um, so, okay. You know, Cause we don't so. want to, we don't, we don't need to end on death. So yes. I, so I do, to, just, everybody should watch it. So of the other ones that you have, which of the other so ones do you, you want to talk about? Um, well, let's just say two of my other favorites are the facts of life episode where they um, end up putting on a variety show yes. at a men's prison. I'll have to look up what um, what episode that was. Right. Um, it is just one of those ones where you're just like, what, what? is yeah. happening? Why Why are you and why are they here and all this yes. stuff? Season um, six. Chris, it's called Christmas in the Big House. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Facts of Life girls, they are putting on a show at um, a place that they think is a home for boys, an right. orphanage. And they get there and know it's, it's a not prison. for boys. It's a men's prison. And it, they all are kind of like, this is weird. 
and then they decide, you know, the show but must go on. But we're here now, right? And yes. that's like, which I and love so, when in reality yeah. it's, oh no, we're getting back on the bus and going home. But no, it's a sitcom world, so they just lean into it and all yes. the ridiculousness. So this is season six. Um, and, you know, I was, I was talking earlier, a lot of these Christmas episodes have, uh, there's themes that you see a lot. There are some that are a ripoff of A Christmas Carol, for instance. Uh, like, um, there's a Sanford and Son that's really funny. There's right. a, an odd couple that's a Christmas Carol. There are some that are a takeoff on It's a Wonderful Life. There are some where, you know, you're snowed in and you can't get home for Christmas. There are some where right. oh, bad guys and Santa Claus guys. Mm-hmm. This one falls under a category that you see every now and then, which is like the variety show. Absolutely. Um, because they're like, there's you know a... what? We're singers, too. <laughs> yes. Did you know we all could be on Broadway? So there's like, here's Mrs. Garrett. Yes. Here, uh, by the way, did you watch the you uh, TV A little uh, Mrs. Garrett live? here for you, Rock. Oh, thank you. Look at her hit that note, Rocco. Yes. And all it's of the a... prisoners love her. Like, Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mindy Cohn and Tootie put on like a little song and right. dance. And, um, there it is. They're like, we need an album. Like, <laughs> so anyways, it is, you know, it's not a bad, you know, there's some shows that are so bad. They're good. I'm not saying this is like a fine piece of art, but it is one of those ones where you just, you just are watching it and going this, this happened. Um, and it's good. You know, the girls and Mrs. Garrett are great singers and they, they put on a show and it's fun. I think it's, it's so fun. funny. Like even when you're watching the way that they have the prisoners, like they make them look more like sailors and their shirts are all unbuttoned and all this stuff is going on. And it is a very particular style of insane that you're like, of course they thought this was a great idea. Um, right. And, and that's one of the things that I think is so charming about a lot of these shows back then is it was just kind of crazy that there's going to be a Christmas episode anyway. And here they all come back at the end for their little. Look at them just rocking out. They're so ready. All the prisoners are singing. Yes, <laughs> even though they won't be home because no, they're prisoners. No, but in your dreams. Exactly. It's a. It's. I don't know. It's one of these. It's one that you're just like, what just happened? Um, and yet, it's it's somewhat charming. It's heartwarming. Right? It's heartwarming. Yes. Because um, and my, then the other one I sent you, Silver Spoons. It's which is an insane like, show, anyway. Like I watched, rewatched that, and I remember yeah. watching that show when I was a kid, and I was like, this get this show is dumb. <laughs> It is super dumb. It's super dumb. Um, it's good popcorn. Line of it's Silver great Spoons, popcorn. If you're new to this uh, thing, Ricky Schroeder is a rich kid. His dad owns like a toy factory. They they have this mansion. They mm-hmm. have lots of toys. And then supposedly, I guess we learn on this episode that they have a cave on their property right. because a homeless family, Has been a man who just him. lost his job at a different factory. Um, is living there with his wife and son, who is Joey Lawrence, a young Joey Lawrence. They're living in a cave on their property, and event and eventually uh, Ricky discovers them. And fast forward to the end, it's a Christmas miracle. The dad gets a job at the toy factory, and Christmas is right. Saved. So they don't have to live in a cave anymore. It's, uh, <laughs> 
again, I sent you five episodes. These are five of my favorites for various reasons. Usually the, the underlying theme of all five of these is that they're all kind of jaw-dropping in different ways. Well, the um, fact that they're tackling homelessness this way and they managed <laughs> right. to figure out a reason to talk about it other than Ricky Schroeder and his rich dad are just walking up the street. They're like, oh, no, no, we're so rich. We have a cave that people are just living in. That- I'm so glad you watched these. Thank you for watching the five episodes I say. We're so um, rich. Did you that- also yeah. feel like these were sort of jaw droppers? Uh, yes. I mean, various reasons. I and, I and 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 back to my earlier comment about using the holidays as a foil to top to 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 uh, tackle societal issues I think is fascinating because I think we could do a whole nother show that wasn't specifically about the holidays that were just about here's when they talked about the war on drugs here when they talked about this like a lot of those things like there you know we could go through and go a lot of these landmark episodes may have an episode where they talk about people who are uh, out and gay people who were you know is there ageism is there sexism is there lots of those episodes may have those uh those 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 moments um but all of these episodes not only do they have the common thread of being about the holidays or christmas they also tackle these subjects very well for who they are because if silver spoons is going to talk about poverty this made sense in the silver spoons universe to have it get brought up this way because you're like wait why Okay, but yeah, you do have like you you basically live in a toy factory. So okay, so it 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 was very true, and I love the fact that these shows knew who they were so intensely that even when they went into this kind of thing, it made sense based upon the science of the Silver Spoons universe or the science of All in the Family universe or the science of you know because you would be surprised if. If anyone was going to have a crisis, it would have to be Edith in um, uh, All in the Family. If anyone was going to go, hey, we're going to power through and do this anyway, Mrs. Garrett leaves the charge and go, we're still going to be nice to all of these people, even though right. we're in a prison, everybody get it together. You know, like all of the characters still stayed in character. In these, I mean, the love boat is just wacky. and I, I, yeah, I but, the, but every episode of Love Boat is bizarre. So yeah. I'm not surprised and, there. Yeah, so it's fun. Yeah, these are five that I think... Uh, are kind of jaw dropping and fun for various reasons. Um, you know, I've, I've watched a ton of Christmas episodes. If I were to ha- curate like a, you know, if somebody said, Hey, put on a show, these are five, maybe I would choose. Um, I'll also throw out, like I said earlier, there's some good modern ones. I think um, you said you hate it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, if you could power through it, there's a funny, there's a funny like one hour episode that, uh, about Christmas. Okay. There's a really funny Curb Your Enthusiasm okay. about Christmas. And there's a really funny uh, Arrested Development about Christmas. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, if you're out there and you're like, well, how do you find these? There's a pretty good <laughs> Wikipedia page. Um, if you Wikipedia American Christmas episodes, um, there's a handful of people that curate websites that sort of talk about Christmas episodes. Right. There's a lot out there. And right. uh, with all the streaming um, services, you can access uh, most of them. So I wish uh, people some happy viewing. Well, I think it's wonderful. And it's great that we can go out there and, and do something a little different um, that during this holiday season. So if you're like, you know what? I've seen Rudolph too many times. <laughs> right. Now, thanks to you, Rocco, we know that there are other options out there. So you don't have to only do that. 
that. Yeah. You can do some of these other things. So we're going to have to have you come back on. I know that there's lots of other things that you're super nerdy about. I um, am. And and in the pandemic, I've decided to look into um, uh, Easter episodes and oh. uh, Halloween episodes and Thanksgiving episodes. So I've started to curate some of those as well. I love it. So maybe, uh, maybe you can have me on at Easter. Absolutely. I love that idea. And I uh, just want to remind everybody that <laughs> they can hear uh, your wonderfully creative uh, content and your wonderful voice on My Talk 107. One, they can always do that. They can also look it up and listen to the uh, the episodes on mytalk1071.com. So if they want to hear what you're doing out there, it's always fun uh, when you pop in because you are also like the game master, basically. That's right. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm a sidekick with Donna and Steve from like 10 to noon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I do trivia with Lori and Julia like on Tuesdays and Fridays at five. So I'm all over the place. I'm having a blast. I'm going to do a show with you shortly. So it's absolutely. Fun. So you'll be able to find that. So make sure you follow Rocco. Rocco. Um, uh, remind me, are you big on the socials? Uh, you know, I, I'm mostly, I guess on Instagram, I'm Rocco Bonello. That's my name. Mm-hmm. I'm on Twitter, but I just read it. I don't say, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you just lurk. You just lurk yes. on Twitter. <laughs> I don't even have a picture. I'm just one of those eggs. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. uh, so it's R-O-C-C-O-B-O-N-E-L-L-O, Rocco Bonello on Instagram. I got pictures of my family and various travels. and Wonderful. And also, I are you? I know that you're also a fan of uh, velvet paintings, right? Or any of oh, those yes. On there? I, yeah. Are your velvet That's paintings a- on your Instagram? Um, I think I do. When Kenny Rogers died, I took a picture of the velvet painting near my uh, basement toilet okay. um, in honor of the late Kenny Rogers. But yeah, I maybe we'll, someday we'll have to geek out about my, uh, I'm looking around my basement. I have, uh, I have a velvet Springsteen and a velvet Dylan and a velvet Prince and Kiss. And, <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you know, I have some non-traditional velvets. I try to keep it real. Well, we'll have to include that as well. So you can send one of those things. Uh, so we can find Rocco. Go ahead and look for him on Instagram. You can find BR Geek wherever you find your podcast. We encourage you to like and subscribe to us out there. You can also send us an email at brgeekshow at gmail.com. Or if you're feeling old school, feel free to leave us a message <laughs> if you want to do that. Rocco, we're that old school that we're like, if somebody wanted to like, Leave us a voicemail. Oh, do it. Yeah, they can leave us a voicemail. Do you ever do that? We'll you leave a voicemail for a friend from college, and you're like, that's fine. We used yeah. to do this in the 90s. Exactly. Back when people left messages and didn't just text. <laughs> so if you want to, you can text or you can call us at 612-276-2774. You can also find this episode and previous episodes not only on our social media pages, but you can also go to TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. And Rocco, we really appreciate you being on the show. Happy holidays to you and yours. Everybody you else too. out there. We We appreciate you listening. Thanks for being part of the show, and we'll see you next time on BR Geek because everyone is a geek about something. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.